You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 197 of the Black Eagles Podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Sport, live from New York City. Again, uh, the fall has arrived. It's getting chilly. We had some nice warm days. Yesterday was uh, a pleasant surprise. Very... Um, Spring-like rather than fall-like, you could say. But um, that was fitting, perhaps, because yesterday was a glorious day. Was it not, folks? I think we can all agree that yesterday was a glorious day for various reasons. I won't spoil anything by any means, but certainly, if you're listening to this podcast, yesterday was a great day. <laughs> um, let's, de- let's dig in. So, of course... Besiktas hosted a match, a derby, against perennial rivals Galatasaray. Um, tough opposition, we can certainly say. Um, Galatasaray had started out the season rough, roughly. Um, they, 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 I think, had dropped as far as like tenth place even. But let's just go over like their last. Let's say the last five or six results. Last, for example, this week, but I guess, you know, last week, midweek, they went to Russia to play Lokomotiv Moskva, and they won, nil to one on the road there. Operation is in effect as of right now. Prior to that, they hosted Konyaspor, who were undefeated going into that match, and they beat them, one to nil at home. Uh, prior to that, they were in Rize, a side that struggled all season but desperate for points. They beat them 2-3 to three on the road. Um, going into that match, they had just come off a draw nil to nil in France against Marseille. Uh, which they, Prior to that, they had uh, defeated Gostepe at home 2-1. to one. So just undefeated, really, in their last uh, five matches competitively. Uh, of course... Um, Prior to that, they had some disappointing results, but I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the results. I think the point here is clearly that Galatasaray was on the upswing. Um, they sort of brought themselves back into contention. This was a huge match for them. Uh, we were level on points coming into this match, uh, although we had a much stronger goal differential, for whatever that's worth. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, of course... We've got to do our, our sort of our little head-to-head, and of course, this is such a historic match. My app only goes back to like 2010 or something. So, it's I mean, this was in fact significantly our 350th match against Galatasaray. Um, so, just to, to speak on that historicity there, um, 
kind of a, an epic one here, as far as the, the number of it goes. But so, yeah, I mean, what, so via my app, right, this, this little fancy thing I have, I can sort of, it goes back to like 2010. And so th what's interesting is that in what looks to be our last uh, 25 results, 25, 16, plus 9, yeah, 25. Um, we have won 9. Galatasaray has won 10. And there have been 6 draws. So, all in all, quite even. Although, of course, a caveat, right? Um, they have the, the advantage. Uh, just going back to last season, we played them twice, of course, in the Super League. Um... First, it was a nil-to-nil -nil draw. Uh, March 15th. Oh, sorry. January 17th. Uh, it was a two-to-nil victory. So that was the previous, the season previous, that draw. Uh, but so, yeah, there was a victory for us. Two-to-nil against Galatas today on January 17th. And then, of course, the all-important sort of return leg of the match in the Turk Telecom Arena. Galatasaray took that one three to one, so there was a two-goal differential both ways, which kind of cleared out the head-to-head, -head, moving it to goal differential, which we won by everyone knows historically, one goal or two if you consider. That's what they needed to pass us. Um, but so yeah, you know, quite a storied rivalry. Um, last season it broke both ways. Uh, the season prior, I mentioned the draw in the second half of the season. We won the match in the first half of the season. So, you know, we kind of have the advantage in recent times, you could say. Um, at least in the last couple of seasons. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, a storied rivalry that can historically go either way and has gone either way historically. So, very exciting stuff all around and a huge match for, for everyone involved. Um, both of us have stumbled a bit, obviously, them more than us, but at the end of the day, the points didn't reflect that. We were even because they stumbled early, we'd stumbled more recently, but at the end of the day, it all it all leveled out. We both had 17 points coming into the match and needed this win to sort of stay within um, distance of, of Trabzonspor, who have the, the distinct advantage uh, all around. And we'll talk about the standings after this match, because... That's when everyone, I think, that's the, the, those are the standings we care about here. But so yeah, let's talk about the match quickly. Now Khan drops by for his uh, hashtag Khan's Corner this week. But I, so I want to kind of hand him the reins for much of the ma match description. Because he does a pretty good job of it himself. Um, but I will just kind of go over the, the minutes and the events real briefly. Um, and I'll try to cut it as short as I can. So I can kind of not steal his thunder, but... Yeah, let's let's dig in. So first of all, lineups. For Besiktas, we'd have Ersin Destanulu in goal, Nejib Uysal and Domagoj Vida on the back line. Uh, Nejib in as the Turk, I think, one of the three we need out there. Umut Medash, the surprise selection for left back, and Valentin Rosier on the right side, of course. Uh, Joseph de Souza alongside Miralem Pjanic in the back of our midfield with Alex Teixeira ahead of them. Rashid Ghazal on the right side of the midfield with Kyle Laren on the left and Mishi Batshuayi up front. Um, for Galatasaray, let's do it. Fernando Muslera, of course, in the back in, the, in their in their goal. Marcao next to uh, sort of newcomer 
Victor Nelson of Denmark. Bit of a snake, this guy. Uh, anyhow, DeAndre Yedlin on the right side of the defense, American, gringo. And Patrick Van Anholt on the left side of their defense. Thailand Antaliale, Berkan Kutlu, and Alexandru Chikildau, 24-year-old Romanian, in the center of their midfield. Um, up ahead, sorry for the sirens, but I'm going to try to just go through this because we don't really care about Galatasaray's lineup that much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the right wing would be Olympiu Morutan, uh, left wing uh, Muhammad Kerem Akturkolu, and of course, up front, Mbaye Dianye, which I think to many signal they sort of were expecting to play on the counter. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> but so yeah, let's let's dig into the match. So this match was on Be In USA uh, on the main channel. On so for anyone in the United States who has cable television, which is a fairly large segment. Uh, of adults that uh, yeah they, they could watch this game like as a primetime event granted it was in the afternoon on a, on a Monday but um, but so yeah we got a B in USA announcer um, I think his name was Antonio Abrido I don't, I don't I, if I mispronounce his name or if I got it wrong my apologies to him excuse me um, I was just talking with one of the guys on the Sporting 160 podcast for anyone who saw that um, it just came out during the week. Uh, I went on there to talk about our disappointing result with them. It was brave of me, if I don't say so myself. Uh, but no. Um, yeah, he mentioned that he was sort of jealous of the fact that we can watch Turkish matches on TV here or, or on BN Extra or whatever it might be. Because it's much more difficult for, for Portuguese football fans. So that's, you know, interesting. A heads up. Although, you know, our results have, have dropped in Europe and our reputations as such perhaps um, still we're, we're advancing in certain ways that other other leagues are not perhaps theoretically more successful leagues even uh, but anyway so let's dig in the first action I mean Besiktas really brought it especially in the first half dominated possession by a big big chunk you know at one point it was like 80% early on all the chances were coming to Besiktas initially. Um, fourth minute, the big, the first big chance, uh, Rosier would make a nice little move to, to, to create some space for himself and then send in a nice forward ball to Batshuayi, who uh, his, yeah, he couldn't get to it. I think that the ball was a little too fast for him or he hadn't been anticipating it or he wanted the pass earlier, whatever it might be. Uh, it, it sort of skidded by, but clearly a sign of intent. Uh, in the 11th minute, a lovely ball from, I believe it was Joseph, way deep in the midfield. Sends it all the way up. Batsman, uh, or Mishi Batshuayi, for those who don't know, um, finds it on the volley. The volley sort of skitters off. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't connect. But again, the intent is clear. We're pressing. Um, in the 19th minute, about... Kyle Laren sends a ball up to Alex Teixeira. Um, it looks like intercepted, but not well enough. It still gets to Alex, who sends in a shot, and it goes just wide uh, off the post, maybe. Uh, or, or maybe just wide of the post. But um, 
Moose Ladder had kind of opened up the goal and given him a real shot. And so, yeah, those were just the, the three biggest chances, but there were a ton of others in there. A couple penalty shouts. Um, one specifically that Alex Teixeira was brought down, but someone else was called offside, and so they didn't do the VAR for it because of the offsides, but then you looked at the offsides call, and it was off completely. So... I don't know. Uh, I think it was a penalty there. That was the most distinct one for me, anyway. Anyway, despite all of that, 29th minute, Galatasaray finally gets their first chance. Kind of was a free kick. Chicaldo, um would just send it poorly in. Um, but it was a chance, nonetheless. Uh, and they're first. And so I, I mentioned that because it took 30 minutes for them to find it. And again, just four minutes later, their first actual chance on the ball. Kerem Akturkolu sending it across neatly for um, Chikaldau, the, the Romanian uh, youngster that they brought in in the offseason. Um, Kerem Akturkolu probably had too much space. Whatever it was, Chikaldau finds just the perfect ball. Uh, he latches onto it with the outside of his foot, curls it around a defender, and then like it dips away from Ersin and just placed perfectly into the side net. I don't think there was much blame to go around as far as Ersin or or even Vida who kind of puts his arms behind his back and puts his sort of butt out to try to get something on the ball and deflect it, but it's just really well placed by, by this Romanian kid. So credit to him, beautiful goal. Very dispiriting for us, obviously. We've dominated this match entirely. Like thoroughly dominated this match and somehow they are winning you know and, and this yeah i can only imagine how dispiriting it must have been for the players certainly as fans it was uh three minutes later another chance for them morutan would um try to, to get a shot in umut would would come in and deflect it but it would actually require a nice save from erison because of that so Erison uh, stands up this time, keeps us in it just long enough, because two minutes later, Umut would sort of make up for that near mistake by sending in an A-plus cross to Kyle Laren from the left side, as you might expect. Kyle Laren, um, with his physicality and athleticism, gets up into the ball first, the fastest to react, heads it in solidly into the back of the net. One to one, just before the half, can't ask for a better response than that to their goal. And there it is. Right into the half, there would be three minutes of extra time. Besiktas draws it level. Um, and now you've got a score that's at least a bit more reflective. I mean, you could still make the argument that Besiktas deserved to, to win, or to be uh, winning, rather. Um, they had a ton of more opportunities and chances, but didn't really do much with them, didn't actually produce uh, the final touch that might have given the chance its, you know, XG, for example, but certainly had been right around their box the entire match, and so that would have been, even the 1-1, a bit frustrating for us, but still, I think it was Galatasaray going into the locker room, the more frustrated, um, because they'd just given up their lead right, right before the half, which, as most of us know, uh, is you know, not the way, the ideal way to go into a half, really, is it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that would be it for the first half. Probably worth noting that Rashid Ghazal got himself a yellow card 
in the 41st minute of, of the first half. Um, but anyway, that would be the only sort of side note that I have here. Um, yeah. No subs at the half. The first action would again come to Besiktas, who I think came in with some of the same energy they came into the match with initially, feeling like they'd given themselves a chance to take this match deservedly. Uh, so Rashid Ghazal would put in a shot that would be easily saved, but show intent right from the start of the half. 56th minute after Thailand Antalyala got himself a yellow card. Uh, Valentin Rosier sent in a ball for Kyle Laren on the far post. Really a great cross, and I'm not sure how Kyle Laren didn't get to it, but somehow DeAndre Yedlin beat him to it. But you can see that that competition between Yedlin and Laren was heating up. Um, Yedlin perhaps uh, upset to have allowed Laren to score that first goal, although I do believe it was Mark Kyle who lost the header to him. Um, or maybe not, I think it might have just been straight up to Muslera. Anyway, regardless, um, that little battle would flare up perfectly not much later when in the 56th minute, sorry, 64th minute on a corner kick, Pjanic would send a ball in to Nejip whose head would sort of deflect right perfectly across the goal mouth, falling to Kyle Laren um, after Mishi Bachoy wouldn't quite get to it. Uh, Laren with an easy tap-in, beating DeAndre Yedlin uh, to the goal. 2-1. to one. Besiktas is winning. You can't ask for more than that. Perfect response to going down a goal. Score twice quickly. Um, not you know not even long into the half did we have to wait. The, the assist is credited, of course, to Nejip Uysal. Subs uh, as a response. Halil Dervisholu would enter the match for Thailand Antal Antaliale, who just got in the yellow. And Ryan Babel for Olympio Moruzan, who I think had a bit of a disappointing outing this time around. Uh, Chikal Dao, on the other hand, obviously, not so much. Uh, a good one from him. 70th minute, Marcalga would get himself a yellow card. 75th minute, Alex Teixeira would get himself a yellow card. 76th minute, Kyle Lahren was sort of brought down in the box. Questionable. Probably not a penalty, honestly, but there was some contact with the back of his leg. Nonetheless, the ball would sort of bounce around, scrum around, would get to Umut Medash, would try to send in a cross, it would get deflected, bounce up high, and then defenders wouldn't easily clear it, so there'd be a, you know, it's just a scary moment, but eventually it would sort of peter out to nothing. Um, 78th minute. This was sort of interesting. Um, a foul, sort of. So, I mean, it was an opportunity to Galatasaray. Kerem Akturkolu sends in a cross. Uh, it would deflect off of Domagoj Vida. Asterisk on that. Um, dropping to Halil Dervisholu, who would send in a shot sort of timidly, but I think he's like point blank in front of the goal. Still, somehow, Ersin Destanolu would get to it, kind of smack it away. Excuse me. Um, just a solid save from him. And somehow, they would look back at it anyway and find that Domagoj Vida handled the ball. Um, one, I think, could make the argument he was supporting his body because he had been diving in to, to try to, cro to, to cut out the cross. Um, I don't know the rules anymore. <laughs> Handballs are so complicated. Uh, but so I was willing to say, fine, whatever. It, it kind of did look like one, honestly. 
while we were waiting for them to make the decision, Umer Bayram would enter the match for DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, Mustafa Mohamed would enter the match for Mbaye Dianye. And of course, that would be relevant immediately because he would be the one stepping up to take the penalty kick. Um, three minutes of dilly-dallying, waiting for the, the decision. But yeah, Mustafa Mohamed would step up, try to kind of do a like stutter step to, 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 to throw Erison off. He would fail. His shot would be to the left, kind of right at keeper's height. If he sort of bends down a little, which you have to to dive, and he does, he goes the right way, predicting um, the shot based on Mustafa Mohammed's movements perfectly. We still have the lead, two to one, and Ersin Destanello becomes a hero for Besiktas. Um, 81st minute, a corner kick uh, would drop to this Nelson character. Victor Nelson, uh, the Danish defender I mentioned in the build-up, he would be, by the way, flapping. He pretended like Bachuai like murdered him when he they were just doing just normal contact, trying to vie for a a, cr- a corner or a cross or whatever. Like, and earlier in the match, he was yelling and starting fights and whining and complaining and simulating contact and foul and falling and then complaining. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. This man makes the hit list. Victor Nelson, you, you, sir, the 23-year-old Danish central defender from, from, um, I don't know, I don't even want, I don't care where you came from, honestly, as far as your previous clubs. All I know is that you are a whiner, you are a simulator, you are a tool bag. And I don't, I don't want to see you on my club ever because you are officially a hit list entry. And I say that, that's like my, I don't want to have to blank myself out. In fact, there's an S in front of that for those who need to read between the lines. You are on the list, sir. Victor Nelson, nobody likes you. Um, anyway, let's move, let's move things along. Um, Yes, so Nelson's save would be easy for Erson because you're a tool and nobody likes you and you are not very talented, sir. You've made it very far on being a physical, whiny brat. But so, we had substitutions. 83rd minute, Sally Uchan would enter the match for Alex Teixeira, moving back a little bit tactically into defense mode. Kanan Karaman would enter the match for Rashid Gezal, which I'll note something on that later on. Barish Alper Yilmaz would enter the match for Alexandru Chikaldao in the 89th minute. Interesting decision from Fatih Tedem. A guy who doesn't typically play young guys. Um, plays one of his, takes out one of his better players for a young guy at this stage of this match. But anyway, uh, fourth minute of extra time, Guven Yalchen would enter for Michi Batshuayi, Wellington for Nejip Uysal, um, and Ersin Destanol would get a yellow card for taking too long to get a ball out of the box or whatever it was. In the 95th minute, a free kick <clears throat> would drop to Van Anholt, who would have a, sh- a real chance to send in a ball from just outside of the penalty box, and it would be Kenan Karaman diving in to snuff out the opportunity. It would still drop, I think, to Victor Nelson again, the tool of all tools, but he would suck at his job enough that it does not threaten anyone. Um, I'm not even sure if he was the one who <laughs> did. I just feel like making fun of this jerk again. He was such a whiny, uh, with his little bleached t- 
top. Like, uh, what a little tool. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Wellington would actually clear that ball off the line. Not off the line, I mean, it, it was a sort of t tame effort that he would cut out, giving them, I think, another opportunity, actually, in the end. But whatever. Wouldn't amount to anything. Whistles blown in the sort of 96th and change. Um, and yeah, Besiktas. Two to one victors in a huge match. The Derby W, folks. Besiktas defeating Galatasaray. And let me hand the mic over to Khan real quick for this episode's hashtag Khan's Corner, everyone. A big Derby win. Exactly what we needed. Uh, that's definitely uh, something we all thought, I think, beforehand. To win this match was crucial for the remainder of our season. With this win, we stay within just four points of the current league leaders, Trabzon Sport, and with uh, still, what is it, like 28, 28 games to go, that's uh, definitely not an insurmountable uh, deficit. Of course, Trabzon Sport are having a fantastic season and are still unbeaten right now. But we all know that this team, our team, isn't where it needs to be yet. Uh, due to all the injuries we've had in the, the previous month or two, um, the team has not fully gelled, not fully meshed yet. But we're starting to see, see signs of that. Um, I think Alice Teixeira played a very good first half. You can see that stamina-wise, he is not yet where he needs to be. But you can also see that he is going to be a player that is very dangerous, that is going to score quite a few goals for us this season. Um, and he's going to be important if he can stay fit. Uh, Miralem Pjanic, uh, still not where he needs to be after his injury. I think it's kind of normal. He had a hamstring injury, was out for three weeks, immediately got thrown into the battle against Sporting, didn't play a very good game. Uh, and then today, again, um, despite good stats, not his best game. Uh, not 100% yet, but we know that what we can expect from him. We saw glimpses of it already in uh, his first matches in the season. Um, I saw a lot of complaining on social media, and you know that's what people do on social media. Social media is not somewhere you go for positivity, but I did notice a lot of people complaining that we weren't playing well in uh, in the first half, and I couldn't disagree more. I think we played... A very good opening 30 minutes. Um, just not, we did open the score. And, and it feels as if people just moan and complain if you don't score lots of goals. You can play good football without scoring goals. Of course, playing good football without scoring goals doesn't amount to anything. But there were really moments, especially in the first half, where I was... I, you know, you, normally when you're watching a derby, you're nervous and you can't really enjoy it. I was, I was so enjoying it that I didn't have time to be nervous, almost, because the the one touch play and just the, the 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 technical quality that we have on the pitch, it's it's very enjoyable at times. And also Galatasaray, by the way, big props to them. Like they're young players like Morutan, uh, Chikaldao. Uh, Kerem especially, you know, those guys, uh, they play really fun to look at football as well. I I couldn't even be mad about the goal they scored because that shot from Chikaldao was, was such a great, t great shot. I mean, I mean, of course, I was annoyed at uh, our defenders not making a foul on Kerem or whatever, but the goal itself was a fantastic strike. 
But uh, Umut Merash, he also stood up. A lot of criticism from the fans beforehand. Oh, why is Umut Merash starting? He shit, blah, 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 blah. They've seen him in action twice. He's been injured for the majority of the season. You know, he joined the team, immediately got injured. Then his first match he played, he wasn't too impressive. And, and immediately he gets written off. Well, he, uh, he answered those fans yesterday with a fantastic performance. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he uh, gives a great assist. Lauren scores. Muslera uh, makes a mistake. Um, and, yeah, that, that gives us uh, the, the equalizer just before halftime, which is what we needed because, again, we played well. But against the run of play, we go a goal down. Um, but, fortunately, this time we managed uh, to turn it around before it uh, could escalate like it did against Sporting. Going into the second half with a draw, with an equalizing goal just before halftime was, of course, a, a good uh, morale boost. And in the second half, it didn't take super long for us to take the lead. Um, and it's funny how it was sort of a, a copy of the goals we conceded against Sporting uh, during the week. Um, a good corner. I believe it was Pjanic's corner, but it might have been Rashid Gazal. I, I don't recall exactly. Um, but Najib does brilliantly to head it through to the far post where Kyle Laren beats Deandre Yedlin uh, to, the, to the touch and, uh, and slots it in. Absolutely uh, no offside, no fall, nothing. Fantastic goal. Uh, fantastic organization on the set piece which is something we have been lacking this season we scored quite a few goals uh like this in the past where often you would have uh gukan gunul headed on on the on the near post and then someone like atiba uh putting it home at the far post uh, or even atiba heading it uh, to the far post and then somebody else finishing it off we scored quite a few goals over the last couple of years like that but um I feel like we've been lacking that this season so far. So that was good, 2-1. But uh, of course, uh, you, the, the match isn't finished there. Galtzgeis still have uh, plenty of uh, young, fresh footballers. Uh, Halil uh, Dervishole also came on after that. He came quite close to scoring with uh, some really nice uh, one-touch football by Galtzgeis. Finished off by Halil, who just put it wide. Although I do have to say Ersin was uh, in the corner and I'm 100% sure he would have had that ball. But still, good attack by them. Um, and uh, and then I just really quickly went uh, for a wee uh, and get the kid uh, a piece of candy because he's uh, home ill. And <laughs> I came back and it was a freaking penalty. And uh, yeah, that was in the 80th minute. Far awarded it. Um, there were a couple, like, this is the first time really that Galtzray, like, had a penalty claim or anything like that. Uh, we've ha we had, like, three or something earlier in the match. All three of which I thought were kind of 50-50s, but they didn't even go to VAR. Uh, especially the Alice Teixeira one, where they ruled it offside, but it was nowhere near offside. I think that one definitely could have gone to VAR. Uh, but nevertheless, this one did go to VAR and they gave it. Um, yeah, it's, it's Vida sliding with his arm out and it hits his arm. But in one of the replays, I did have the distinct impression that he actually... Yes, he's sliding 
and you would think, oh, that's a natural position, he can't do anything about it. I, I did, in that one replay, have the impression that he lashed out to the ball to block it. So, uh, if I remember it correctly, then, in my opinion, at least it's a, it's a, it's a correct call for the penalty. I saw a lot of arguments again on social media of play, people saying, well, you know, Kim's uh, handball against, I think, Trabzonspor wasn't uh, given because of it being in a natural position, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I, I don't really care what that what, what, about that. Like, it's, it's about this situation here for me. Uh, and I had, did have the impression that Vida made a movement to the ball. So, yeah, if, if he's sliding and hits his, his arm, uh, of course, no penalty. But if it's sliding and and his arm is there, but then he like extends it to hit the ball, then you can't just you know you can't fault the ref, right? Um, but fortunately for us, Exin Distanolo, at 20 years old, really stepped up here, saves the penalty, um, keeps his foot on the line perfectly. No, no talk of a retake or anything like that. Um, the only thing was that some players were in the box too quickly, but you know if those players don't touch the ball, then there's no reason for a retake. So uh, 88 minutes, uh, incredibly important penalty save by Ersin. A couple of hot minutes right at the end. Um, we got five minutes of extra time, but we played almost seven again. You know, it seems as if when basically you're leading a game, that uh, the allotted extra time is never. Uh, <laughs> is never being uh, uh, respected, whereas against Bashakshi here, they couldn't blow the whistle uh, fast enough. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, great win for us. Good morale boost. We have some tough matches coming up. Uh, Trabzonspor among them, and I think uh, it's going to be very important for us to make a statement against Trabzonspor and uh, maybe settle them down a little. Try to, at least. I mean, Trabzonspor are playing uh, very good football right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big test for us, and we're going to have to uh, beat them, really. If we want to win the title this season, I think we need to make a little bit of a statement there and uh, still show that we are the reigning champions and that we aren't just going to sit by and let them take our trophy. Thank you very much, sir. So yes, um, again, I co-sign everything the gentleman said. Um, yeah, I tried not to step on his toes too much in the preamble to his little bit there. But so, statistics, stats, um, important, I suppose, right? Uh, it's probably important, especially to note that Besiktas had 59% of possession in this match to their 41 but only 10 shots to their 12, 10 chances created to their 9, 372 accurate passes to their 230, an 83% rate to their 74%. So Galatasaray has kind of underperformed relative to some of our other opposition of late, uh, at least in terms of team stats. Uh, five corners apiece, we were caught upside three times to their zero, which is interesting. Uh, they had we had four shots off target to their six three shots on target to their four which is a bit surprising to me honestly they weren't very good shots or opportunities i don't think but somehow seems to be the direction it's gone and now as far as individual stats the most highest highest the highest ugh, the most highest the highest rated player was kyle laren 
followed by Umut Medash, followed by Ersin Destanolu, followed by Keramak Turkolu, followed by Alexandru Chikildau, then Nejip, Miralem Pjanic, Valentin Rosier, Joseph de Souza, Rashid Gazelle, Mishi Batshuayi, rated highly. Uh, and that would be it for the kind of very good to excellent, um, just sort of above average. You had Victor Nelson on the hit list over there. Domagos Vida, Alex Teixeira, and Ryan Babel, Thailand Antaliala, and Halil Dervishola just sort of inched above the, uh, the 6.5. Excuse me for that sound in the background there, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's it for the stats. I'll sort of quickly highlight uh, a couple individuals. One, I want to look at Mishi Bachuay because he's rated highly, but I think most people agree he had a pretty poor game. Um, he played 89 minutes. Two shots in total, 16 accurate passes at an 89% rate. Two chances created. Both of his shots were off target. He had 16 accurate passes out of 18. It's really pretty solid. Eight in his own half, eight in the opposition half. So he even tracked back quite a bit. He had one long ball that was accurate. Two key passes, 34 touches. He won four out of nine duels. So he was involved in quite a few duels. Two out of three dribbles successful, succeeded. Um, interesting. He won, or sorry, he lost his, his only aerial duel, uh, but made two recoveries. I mean, interesting. I mean, statistically, you'd really think he had a fairly solid match. Although I think, again, most of us would agree he did not. My man of the match is, of course, Ersin Destanolu, who um, conceded one goal, but he made four saves, three of them diving saves. One of uh, Two of them were saves from shots inside of the box. Um, he saved a penalty, of course. Um, successful with his passes. Even though he had seven long balls. Still completed his passes at a 79% rate. 19 out of 24. Um, 35 touches. 10 recoveries. So he was involved beyond just the saves. So yeah, I mean, just a fantastic outing for him all around. Um, I will touch on Umut Medash as well. He played all 90 minutes, had an assist, had a shot. Uh, it was blocked by a defender, however. Um, 29 accurate passes at a 73% rate. He created two chances. Um, 29 out of 40 passes completed. But seven crosses and only one of them accurate. So that accounts for a lot of the, the, the passes that were not successful. He had one key pass as well, which is important. Of course, that would be the assist onto Kyle Aaron's head. Um, 78 touches. Really quite present, um, especially for for a guy who could be, you know, just sort of stuck out on the left side of the defense there on his own. So yeah, just, you know, a great outing from him as well. So I, I wanted to give him honorary mention, but certainly man of the match for me, Ersin Destanolu. Uh, let's talk about standings. So of course we enter the, the next match day, match day 11, which will be next weekend. We actually have like a full week off for, for a change. Practice, get healthy, stay healthy. Uh, but so Trabzon Sports in first place, 24 points, plus 11 goal differential. In second place is Hatay Spor, who we're playing next. 20 points, also a plus 11 goal differential. Third place, Besiktas, 20 points, plus 8 goal differential. Fourth place, Alanya Spor, 20 points, plus 1 goal differential. Fifth place, Fenerbahce, 19 points, plus 3 goal differential. Sixth place, Fatih Karagumruk, with 18 points and a plus full four goal differential. And seventh, 
We have Konyaspor with 17 points and a plus 5 goal differential. And in 8th place, Galatasaray with 17 points and a plus 1 goal differential. So they're back into sort of a struggling position. Although it's probably worth noting that, I mean, they're only 3 points back on 2nd place. You know, not goal differential-wise, obviously. They're far, quite a ways away from Hatay. Plus 10 goal differential for that matter. But uh, they are 7 points back on Trabzonspor, which for them is probably more worrisome. But plenty of season to, left to be played. Um, we, of course, have 20 teams in the league still this year, which means 38 matches on the season, which means we still have 28 to go. So we're nowhere near the final stretch, but still good to be winning in those derbies, obviously. Um, those things mount. Those results mount and, and matter a lot, especially momentum-wise. We really needed to come back from that rough outing against Sporting Club de Portugal um, and the Bashakshi here result as well so yeah just a, a great win for us and the, the fact that we finished the week in third place level on points with the second place the Sport, who we're playing this coming match day and I'll talk about that in a moment uh, yeah that's just a great outcome I think for everyone we're all happy with that result we needed it um, a little anticlimactic just because it's been a rough stretch for us, I think, coming into this one. But hopefully this will turn the tide. That's exactly the way it'll, it'll happen, I suppose. Now, let's talk Hatay Spore. Um, so this match is huge. We've already talked about where they are on the tables. You know, so what it means for us in the Super League and all that. Um, now, th what's important to note here is the, the timing of this match. We finally, for the first time this year, have an early match. So for those of us in New York City, on the eastern coast of the United States, it means that Saturday, October 30th, at 9 a.m., Hatay Spor is hosting Besiktas at the Hatay Atatürk Stadion. Um, let's mention head-to-heads, I guess. Last season, in the match in Hatay last year, we drew 2-2. Two two. But of course, famously, in the return leg in the Vodafone Park, we just annihilated them 7-0. to nil. So hopefully we can have more of the latter result and less of the former. Um, a draw would be like, you know, okay, obviously. But I think we need to sort of make it clear to the likes of Hatay Spor that we are definitively stronger. And of course, we are. Let's talk a little bit about who Hatay has playing for them. In their goal, they have Moroccan 32-year-old Munir. I didn't know he was Moroccan. I thought he was Spanish. Uh, on their back line, they have Fatih Kudujuk, a 23-year-old Turk. Burak Oksuz, um, a 25-year-old Turk. So kind of relatively young back line for them. Uh, Kamil Chorekji, 29-year-old Turk, is their right back. Sam Adekugbe, Canadian, 26-year-old, is their left back. I don't know if he's getting caps for them or anything. Um, but anyhow, Adama Traore plays the Malian 26-year-old, plays in the back of their midfield alongside Ruben Ribeiro, 34-year-old Portuguese, who's on the hit list, folks. You get to hear that sound again for a moment. Um, up ahead of them is, of course, a player many will recognize, Emre Jolak, 30-year-old Turk, um, who plays alongside 
Ayub El Kabi, 28-year-old Moroccan, another Moroccan in their starting 11. And on the left side, of course, Georgian 26-year-old Saba Lobzanidze, a guy who's playing really well. Three goals and five assists already this season. Something to be weary of, of course. Um, their striker up front is Mame Biram Diouf, 33-year-old Senegalese, who, to his credit, does have five goals and an assist in nine matches this season. So, some firepower, perhaps, although I would like to think that we're a much stronger side. I mean, that's not even really debatable on paper. Uh, but, of course, form and all of that comes into play. Let's hope we can carry in some of that confidence and verve that we had against Galatasaray today. Um without any of the weakness defensively. Perhaps Nejip alongside Domagos Vida is a better answer to the sort of uh, counter-attacking quandaries we've been having uh, relative to Wellington, who made a few key mistakes, in fact, especially against Basakshi here, uh, on the counter, helping them get a sneaky result. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Hatay Spor, obviously a tough team who we've had good results against uh, and some middling ones. But so yeah, um, stay tuned. Remember to wake up, set your alarms, 9 a.m. on Saturday for those of us on the eastern coast of the United States. Again, check your local listings. Huge match, of course. Uh, probably worth mentioning, I guess. So Trabzon will be playing Rizespor at home on Friday. So uh, they're probably going to win, right? Uh, Alanya Spor, for anyone who wants to know. They're going to be hosting Goztepe. They could easily win that one. Fener. They're going to be on the road in Konya. So that's a, that, that could be a tough one for them, to be honest. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll mention for good graces Gazia, uh, Galatasaray, who will be hosting Gaziantep uh, on Sunday. So uh, we'll, we'll all be in action with, I think we probably have the toughest opponent of all of our rivals. With the exception of perhaps Fenerbahce, who, you know, a road trip to Konya is always difficult. But so anyway, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, stay tuned for more. Follow uh, my friend Khan on Twitter at Razerian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast. Uh, and of course... Let's go Basic Tash! Peace out, everybody! We're going to do this. We're going to flip the season around. We got this. No problem. Peace out, everyone. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.